0: To down to Mars. We are just past the middle of May, so summer is just around the corner, and there's lots to be excited about. Milwaukee has the best summers, so I can't wait for the mini festivals, the late nights with my homies, and the amazing things on the roadmap up ahead for the Milky Way Tech Hub. So there's lots to cover today, so let's dive in. Our shooting star of the day is Jessica Matthews. I discovered Jessica Matthews when I attended the amazing Grace Hopper Conference last year. She has a truly interesting story. So while a junior in college, she co-created the socket, a soccer ball that can take the kinetic energy created from being tossed and kicked around and transform it into renewable and portable energy source. To us, this might seem like you know a cool, innovative gadget, but to those that live in light poverty with no electricity or constant outages, this technology is an absolute game changer. Matthews went on to start Uncharted Play to expand her product line into energy-producing jump ropes and skateboards. So I'd like to note the importance of education in this um, specific situation because she found out her passion by experimenting because of a school project, and this led her to start her business, Uncharted Play. So instead of remaining a manufacturer of toy and sports product, her company is now on a quest to create larger infrastructural solutions to provide cost-efficient energy for the developing world, from Africa to the Caribbean. In 2016, she rebranded her startup as Uncharted Power and raised 7 million, the largest Series A ever raised by a Black female founder. Here's a clip of Jessica speaking at the 2018 Grace Hopper Conference.
1: If I wasn't if I honestly, if I wasn't a Black woman, I don't even know if I would have gotten this far because I don't think I would have been so underestimated. Being underestimated was the best thing that happened to me. No bothering me in harlem and i've been i mean like i'm coming for you elon i'm coming and you didn't know if i was a nigerian i would not have seen the opportunities of the world if i did not have a diverse team we would not be able to design for the world harlem is a microcosm of that world it is easy to design for the things that you see if i didn't study psychology as weird as that was I would not have been able to see the value of the win-win, whether it's in playing and getting the power you need or combining microgrid infrastructure technology with data center infrastructure technology so that it could be affordable to develop. And so what I want to leave you with, apart from the fact of just knowing that your destiny is unshakable regardless of what your plans are, is that the future is a world where we aren't afraid to think and our authentic
0: truth. She recently announced a new investment from Disney for an undisclosed amount. The new capital will enable Uncharted Power to provide not just products, but system-wide solutions that address the generation transmission and storage of power to underserved communities, which is amazing. I'm super excited to hear what's in store for her. Our shooting star of the day is Jessica Matthews. Today's tech topic is edge computing. The adoption of cloud computing is still growing as more and more business migrate to cloud solutions. But it's no longer the emerging technology. Edge is. Edge computing is a distributed computing paradigm which brings computer data storage closer to the location where it's needed. Computation is largely or completely performed on distributed device nodes. Edge computing pushes applications, data, and computing away from centralized points to locations closer to the user. So the target of edge computing is any application or general functionality needing to be closer to the source of the action where distributed systems technology interacts with the physical world. Edge computing does not need contact with any centralized cloud although it may interact with one. In contrast to cloud computing, edge computing refers to decentralized data processing at the edge of the network. So here are some of the uses or applications for edge computing. Driverless cars is the first that comes to mind. So while driverless cars are not expected to take over the highways anytime soon, the automotive industry has already invested billions of dollars in developing the technology the technology. In order to operate safely, these vehicles need to gather and analyze vast amounts of data pertaining to their surroundings, directions, and weather conditions, not to mention communicating with other vehicles on the world. On the world, excuse me. Edge computing architectures makes it possible for autonomous vehicles to collect, process, and share data between vehicles and to broader networks in real time with almost no latency. Smart cities can also benefit from edge computing. City data allows city officials to respond to problems faster than ever before. All of that information must be collected, stored, and analyzed before it can be put to use. Traditional cloud solutions aren't able to provide immediate response times for the multitude of devices operating on the outskirts of the network. So edge computing can really be useful for smart cities, especially for those cities that are trying to make their data open source to their general public. Now, edge computing architecture makes it possible for devices regulating utilities and other public services to respond to changing conditions in near real time. So because of this fact, I don't believe that there's any other industry that stands to benefit more from IoT devices than the manufacturing sector. By incorporating data storage and computing into industrial equipment, manufacturers can gather data that will allow for better predictive maintenance and energy efficiency, allowing them to reduce costs and energy consumption while maintaining better reliability and productive uptime. Smart manufacturing techniques informed by ongoing data collection and analysis will also help companies to customize productions production runs to better meet consumer demands. So edge computing can also provide great advantages to industries operating where bandwidth is low or non-existent. Offshore oil rigs, for instance, can utilize edge computing architecture to gather, monitor and process data on a variety of environmental factors without having to depend on a distant data center infrastructure. Healthcare and financial industries also stand to benefit greatly from edge computing. In summary, edge computing can be used to process time-sensitive data in remote location with limited or no connectivity to centralized locations. In those situations, edge computing can act like many data centers. Edge computing will increase as use of the Internet of Things devices increases by 2022, the global edge computing market is expected to reach $6.7 billion. Today on Down to Mars, we are visited by the brilliant Tanzania Sewell. She shares her journey as a woman in STEM working in corporate America and the startup industry. Let's listen in. Today we have Tanzania Suwo, founder of Beyond STEM, a program that functions to educate young students on tech topics. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, I've been thinking about bringing you on the show for some time now because um, I'm inspired by a lot of the things that you're doing in the community with uh, Beyond STEM and just all of your volunteer work. Mm -hmm. And it's really inspired a lot of what's um, the efforts behind Jet Constellations. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm grateful that you take the time to be on the show today.
2: Yeah, thanks for inviting me.
0: So I want to tell the Milky Way community who Tanzania Sua
2: is. So why don't you take some time to introduce yourself? <laughs> awesome. Um, so I am first and foremost born and raised uh, in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to undergrad here. Um, I also did my graduate school work here as well, um, and I'm currently working in the industry here. Um, so I am an electrical engineer um, who has a real passion for the healthcare industry. Um, Outside of, I would say, normal work hours, I devote my time to inspiring our next generation of, of leaders, mm-hmm. um, students, um, to, you know, get curious and want to pursue engineering. So one of the things that I've learned so far is, like, the best way to inspire
0: people is to really share your story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when people hear about STEM, especially, like, underrepresented groups, they're like, oh, that's not for me it's way too hard. You must be really smart. Yeah. And I'm like, I absolutely <laughs> am not. Yes. Um, and um, yeah, it's just one of those things where I think far too many people think it's just difficult. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to share with our listeners, um, you know, how you got into STEM and being an electrical engineer.
2: Yeah, sure. So I originally kind of, you know, middle school, early high school, wanted to be a neurosurgeon. So my path was what, what I thought pretty clear um, because it was medical school and residency and then kind of the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. As I started to really sit down and figure out what it was that I wanted to do, I knew first and foremost, I wanted to have or be in a career where I could have a great impact on those around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really came to the realization that as a physician, my ability to treat my patients was limited by the technology that I, I had at hand. Um, and so for me, once I had that realization, um, I wanted to be more so on the side of technology as opposed to being the person who used the technology. Um, and that shifted me towards um, biomedical engineering. Um, and as I kind of got into biomedical engineering, I always kind of had the the thought in the back of my mind that, you know, medical school was still an option uh, because pursuing an engineering degree, I felt that that would give me a leg up on um, other applicants as I went to med school. It was probably I think it was a coding class in mm-hmm. freshman slash sophomore year. Uh, where we were actually analyzing um, CT images um, and we were developing code uh, to locate nodules uh, within the images that we we had. And so once I had this realization that I, you know, as a student, as an engineer, had the power to create things that ultimately could lead to diagnosis in a patient, um, that really sealed the deal in terms of, you know, engineering "Quote unquote," taking my heart and like mm-hmm. <laughs> running with it, yeah. <laughs> um, and I haven't really turned back since since that moment. Nice, nice. And so I always,
0: you know, tell people like you don't really know, <laughs> no, you don't <laughs> until you know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> like not every uh, girl wakes up and is like, "I want to be a computer scientist," because you don't know what you don't no, know. No. and so that's why representation matters, right? Mm-hmm. For me, I had my father who was a software engineer at the time and was letting me know, like, hey, you really like Rubik's Cubes, Mm -hmm. you might like algorithms, and sort of map that to computer science. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, you know, getting the the proper exposure, Mm -hmm. and, you
2: know, it helps to open up the world of possibilities. Absolutely. And I think that exposure piece is why Beyond STEM exists. So, you know, when I was kind of going through that process of figuring out what it was I wanted to do, I didn't really have much exposure or Mm -hmm. knowledge about engineering. Um, I did my research from a Google perspective, but that's really all I I had at my disposal. Um, And so I really left in um, having some sort of idea of like what this engineering thing was, but I was figuring it out along the way. Um, And that is what has driven me to create Beyond STEM and to be Mm -hmm. so passionate about being in school and and sharing my story. It's because Mm -hmm. I didn't have that image of what an engineer was or or what an engineer could be, um, and I didn't really understand the path. Um, and so, if I can kind of close that gap for any student that I come across, I'm more than happy to do that. Were you a good student? I was. <laughs> I was an awesome student, yes. Um, and so, I think that's what really also makes engineering tough, um, mm-hmm. because as somebody who graduated at the top of my high school class, um, you know that first year. Of engineering school, freshman year, um, I had a, a couple classes where I wasn't doing so hot. I was mm-hmm. getting like C's and D's on exams and that was completely foreign to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as an engineer, you learn how to fail mm-hmm. um, and you know, you learn how to recover from that failure. Um, and so yes, you know, I had classes that, you know, I had to retake, or I had classes where I didn't necessarily, you know, in the term with a B, but mm-hmm. those were classes that I needed to first and foremost, build those muscles of failure and mm-hmm. um, recovery. Um, and so those moments are moments that every person who, you know, goes and pursues an engineering degree is going to have, because there are going to be some concepts that just, don't necessarily resonate with you. Um you have to learn how to work through those. You have to learn yeah. how to adapt your your learning style.
0: I think, yeah, that and just grit is really mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Like when I first started, I first didn't realize I was gonna have to take as many math classes as I did. <laughs> yeah. I had to take as many math classes as someone with a math minor. Mm-hmm. And guess who wasn't good at math? Yeah. So I was like, this is ridiculous. I like, I don't I don't know if I can continue. And really it was just about perseverance mm-hmm. and I was watching people. Um, left and right, just drop like flies, like Mm -hmm. just changing majors. And I'm like, you know, should I continue? And really it was just having that support system and just really persevering because I I consider myself to be a good student too. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like an equation, right? You study really hard, you put in the hours. (laughs) (laughs) But then like when you get to like the exam, it's like, what's going on? So yes, my advice to folks who are currently in that journey, just keep pushing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad student. Honestly, yeah, it just it just good. means that you have to change the way that you do some things, mm-hmm. right? Yep, absolutely. Um Just leverage your network to keep going. Mm-hmm.
2: So you mentioned Beyond STEM. Let's share a little bit more about that. Yeah, so Beyond STEM um, is a program that runs um, on Saturday morning. So it's seven successive Saturdays. Um, so we kicked off the program last week, Saturday, which was awesome. We had 40 very bright students wow. <laughs> um, in a room um, along with their parents. Um, and so given that the program um, occurs on successive Saturdays, we really try to be deliberate in terms of what engineering disciplines we expose the, tu- stu- the students to. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, and we do that because the engineering disciplines, so if you look at electrical engineering, mechanical engineering, software engineering um, and manufacturing mm-hmm. and kind of the range of engineering disciplines, they're all very complementary, mm-hmm. um, and so beyond STEM as a program is really designed to um, spark curiosity in students, yes. so it's really a kind of fundamental program, so we give the students a flavor of of, of everything. Um, the program um, really requires that the parents are as invested mm-hmm. um, in you know bringing their students you know every single Saturday mm-hmm. at nine a m, which is early for most of us yes. <laughs> Um, and so we really try to get the parents engaged very early, mm-hmm. um in terms of giving them a the flavor of what it is that we are going to be doing with their students, you know, mm-hmm. over the four hours that we have them. Um, the program um is really designed to be completely project-based and hands-on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are in no way lecturing. We really design um, projects that give the students insight into what it means to be an engineer, what challenges you face, um, what rewards there are, mm-hmm. um, and also how engineering really impacts the world around us.
0: Nice, nice. So I had the amazing opportunity to volunteer last year, and I can say that it's just an amazing program. And the kids were just always mm-hmm. having a wonderful time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having amazing time, too. Yes. <laughs> um, and I did receive feedback from someone who was there. Okay. One of the uh, sisters of the students. Oh, awesome. I uh, you know. I saw some uh, her take some pictures. I'm like, that's Beyonce. I was like, what do you know about that? She's like, my sister's enrolled. And she had so much fun. I'm like, duh, it's an amazing program. Yes. <laughs> so I will be volunteering um, in May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know <laughs> I'm ready <laughs> and um, I can't I cannot wait because it's just such a, a wonderful learning experience mm-hmm. and um, so fulfilling for volunteers as well so starting your own program mm-hmm. um, is ambitious
2: it, it is yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, and so I understand you're driven by your passion right and mm-hmm. really wanting to
2: expose students but what are some of the challenges you face thus far? Oh, goodness. Um, wow. I think challenge-wise, it really gets down to engaging with volunteers that mm-hmm. are as passionate as me. Mm-hmm. Um, And so a lot of us, mm-hmm. so the program pulls on both um, engineering students as well as uh, mm-hmm. professionals who are currently working in the field. I um, mean, especially from a professional's perspective, yeah. we all have very busy and full lives ourselves. Yes. So Um, Sometimes the ask for a professional to give up, you know, most of their Saturday um, is big. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the challenges that I I really face is, you know, taking all of the passion that I have and kind of pouring that into a volunteer so that they're able to walk in the same mission Mm -hmm. um, as I am. Um, I think that that is a challenge, but that is definitely something that we
0: or I am working to overcome. No, we, because... (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to say so. So really, you know, it's a program, right? Mm-hmm. But it's got startup-like vibes, right? Yep. Because it's putting together the mission statement, mm-hmm. the business plan, making sure it has funding, and mm-hmm. then getting the volunteers, yep. right? And mm-hmm. it's your baby. Yeah, it is. Um, much like how Jet is for me. And so I'm, you know, one of the few startups that is founder, not co-founder. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm, I'm sort of learning throughout this journey how much easier it would have been if I had a co-founder mm-hmm. <laughs> or even somebody who, um, you know, was just as invested. And mm-hmm. it's hard to get people who don't see ownership or take ownership to be just as invested. Mm-hmm. Right. Is. Um, and so anyways, that's just one of the learnings right now. And so. I'm considering as I'm scaling, like, okay, maybe I I can give a piece (laughs) to someone (laughs) so they're just as invested. Um, And so as you think about expanding beyond Mm -hmm. STEM, have you considered bringing on like a full team so folks can own it in a similar fashion?
2: Yeah. So I think everything at this point is really on the table for consideration. Mm -hmm. So I think about what Beyond STEM is now. Right now, it's really a foundational program, mm-hmm. um, and as I look at you know what's offered in the the city in terms of you know more in depth opportunities for students to explore con- or the disciplines like electrical engineering or software engineering, um, that's a gap that I see currently in our city. And so you know, as I think about how do I scale Beyond STEM or kind of what are the next step steps, I really want to maintain you know that those entry-level um, programs or events um, but I also want to grow into um, an organization that also provides those ongoing more in-depth um, opportunities for students who know that they are you know interested in pursuing electrical engineering or software engineering um, so that they have um, opportunities that really challenge them and that mm-hmm. um, force them to build those really instrumental skills um, mm-hmm. prior to you know, high school and in college. Mm
0: -hmm. Awesome. So it's safe to say that, you know, you and I, we're not the only ones Mm -hmm. (laughs) who are, you know, trying to inspire a generation of underrepresented people, right? To Mm -hmm. to explore STEM. So what would you say to someone who is thinking about starting their own program or own startup? Like, what advice would you give them?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think first and foremost, one of the things that I've definitely learned through this journey is make sure you take a look at things that are going on around you Uh um, because maybe there is an opportunity for you to join something that is existing and to help to build out that portfolio. Um, So that's kind of piece number one. Um, And piece number two is, you know, if you are you've you've done your work and you and you see that there is opportunity um mm-hmm. that you maybe cannot help to build elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like start your own thing. Yeah. Um start small. Mm-hmm. It's it's about as you always say, Nadia, taking that, that first step and yeah. that first step leads to step number two and yeah. number three and so yeah. forth. Mm-hmm. Um so just go after it. Um you have to realize that the hours that you keep and the the right. <laughs> worries that you start to have <laughs>
0: so so much.
2: Yeah, they can they can overtake you, but you have to always stay in tune with that that passion and that drive so that you keep down that path.
0: Yeah, no, that's real. I'm glad you brought that up because people need to understand. <laughs> like what for me, anyways, um, people look at, like, my social media and they're like, oh, wow, that's doing so well. Mm-hmm. Look at all the articles. And I'm like, mirrors and lights, y'all. Because, yes, it's doing well. And I am super grateful. But don't don't think that it's not, you know, mm-hmm. difficult. Because okay. it is. And you know, you only post the good stuff on social media. <laughs> yeah. You're not gonna. I'm not gonna take a picture of me crying. Like, <laughs> like this is too much. I need help. Um, no, I'm getting there. Though. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely think that uh, one piece of advice that I will lend to people is that while it's important to um, you know, make that jump and to, mm-hmm. you know, see seek your dreams, um, make sure that self care is a priority as well. Absolutely and knowing when to scale mm-hmm. right so yep. I'm, I'm at the point now where i it's obvious i need i need an admin yeah i need it i need someone to help i need mm-hmm. several people to help <laughs> and so um just a learning when to scale so that you don't you don't burn out because burnout is a real
2: real thing yeah mm-hmm. that's so ironic that you bring up scaling so i just put this up in my office a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. But it's a post it note that literally sell, says, nail it before you scale it. So uh, make sure you nail what you're doing yes. before you start to build the right. Line.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Because I'm right at that point where I'm like, <laughs> do I have this process nailed down yeah. where I can like make sure that, that the consultants that come in mm-hmm. are producing quality work? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: because I'm something's got to be given. I'm sure it is. Um, so how can people assist or volunteer with Beyond STEM?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, reach out to me. Um, I am always open arms and open ears in terms of, you know, whether or not you want to come and you want to, you know, volunteer with the program on a Saturday or if you have ideas or things that you would love to see. Um and you're willing to lead them on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, the cherry, it's the key. <laughs> yeah. um, so definitely feel free to, to reach out to me um, and let's have that conversation. Let's start the, the discussion. Um, I'm always looking for volunteers um, that are passionate about um, outreach and exposing students um, and who also are willing to give up their Saturday mornings.
0: Awesome, awesome. So are you familiar with the Milky Way? Yes. Just a little bit? A little bit. Okay. So Jack Constellations is um, functioning to rebrand Milwaukee mm-hmm. as the Milky Way tech hub. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. or the Milky Way. And it's a huge undertaking, obviously. Um, so it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's all about making sure that Milwaukee is an inclusive tech hub and that Black and Brown people, women, underrepresented people mm-hmm. are not being left out of the conversation. And so do you see Beyond STEM um, like um, effectively
2: working toward pushing that initiative? Oh, absolutely. I think that if you look at the students that we attract and that mm-hmm. we, we specifically target in terms of participants in the program, um, we are absolutely a part of that mission. Um, the program and kind of the way that we go about recruiting students um, is really designed to provide those opportunities to underrepresented minorities, as well as as women who may have never even considered the idea of pursuing a a STEM degree or becoming Mm -hmm. an engineer. Um, So we really seek to um, speak to that population and serve that population, um, and also to provide role models who are succeeding in STEM fields who um, break the typical stereotype that That our our country, our nation, our culture um, has when it comes to folks in STEM. Nice, nice. Don't put Beyond
0: STEM on our website then. That's really where I was getting at.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Go ahead. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I learned a lot. Yep. I truly hope you enjoyed listening to my interview with the brilliant Tanzania Sewell. She's doing incredible things in the Milky Way Tech Hub. I'm looking forward to seeing what's in store for her and beyond STEM. If you're interested in becoming more involved in the Milky Way Tech Hub, please join our meetup called the Milky Way Tech Hub Meetup. You can find us on the Meetup app. We meet this month on the 25th, again, at the Sherman Phoenix. So that's all we have for you today. As always, give us a follow on our Instagram and Facebook pages, Jet Constellations and Down to Mars podcast. Down to Mars podcast functions as a platform for Jet Constellations Milky Way initiative to rebrand Milwaukee as the Milky Way Tech Hub, a tech hub that thrives on diversity. If you are interested in supporting diversity in tech, please donate by visiting our website downtomarsmke.com. Until next time.